Welcome back to the Rivera Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Rivera, and this will be the first episode, episode one. So uh, just introducing myself to the podcast um, for those who are just joining in, taking a listen, having an interest, just to see what's it, what's it all about, who I am. Um, well, just to give a background of myself, I, uh, I come from South Central LA or South LA, California. Um, it was previously known as South Central LA, but um, definitely one of those uh, areas that uh, it's one of the grew up in one of the toughest neighborhoods. Um, you know, my childhood was, I mean, not the greatest, but definitely got some great experiences and obviously had some traumatic experiences. But um, I come from South LA. I mean, for those who have seen movies, shows, or you know what have you, understanding what that looks like, um, what that experience is. Um, life events that happen there. Um, some of it is true. Some of it's fabricated. For those that are familiar with the Friday movies, you know, um, from Ice Cube and those who are familiar with Blood In, Blood Out, you know, um, what other movies are out there that uh, kind of dive into the urban life? Um, some of the Latino movies like Quinceanera, uh, American Me. I mean, a lot of that stuff does happen. A lot of a lot of those uh, those kind of events um, actually happened. You know, and some of it is obviously Hollywood fabricated, but um, other than that, um, yeah, life is life is definitely rough. But I, I definitely uh, am thankful uh, for it. To be honest, it's just uh, it it built tougher skin for me and, and a stronger mindset. Um, it kind of shaped my mindset and my character of who I am today. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, I grew up there in South LA, uh, normal schooling. Um, there was always a saying that uh, me and a group of friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood, we were always thinking of ways to like, you know, how to get out of this place, how to how to make it out, how to move our families forward, how to move our moms out of the ghetto and 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 get our own house. And, you know, those kind of dreams you have as a kid, it kind of you kind of become aware of the environment where you're at and, you know, you don't want to be there no more. And you kind of just start thinking about or dreaming about ways to to get out of there and. I mean, a lot of you guys have heard those um, rags to rich stories uh, from some of the people that made it out, whether it was through music, you know, whether it was through sports and whatnot. Um, they make it out and they move their families out. And um, but to be honest, it's really it's really like a lottery ticket. I mean, I can sit here and tell you all day that it's a mindset thing. And, you know, areas like that that are poverty, poverty stricken. It's all, you know, a personal responsibility type of thing. But um, when you're handed uh, uh, an inevitable, you know, uh, like when you're handed an inevitable, inevitable um, faulty cards, you know, you know, they give you a bad hand. Um, you know, there's really nothing you can do with it, you know, no matter how much of a strong mindset you may have. Uh, and your, your environment plays a big, big role. So, um not everyone can get out of it. Not everyone um, is sometimes lucky enough to uh, get an opportunity to make something of themselves um, to to leave a place like that. So um, anyways, uh, going to school for me, I mean, me growing up, I always thought that, OK, well, school was my way out. You know, you get a good education, get your college degree, you make it big. And that's basically what wasn't, wasn't planted in me while I was going to high school there. Um, in my neighborhood is that uh, you go to college, you get out, you get a good paying job and, you know, you get out of there, you know, um, 
you you make a good life for yourself. But it doesn't play out that way. So when I went to school, my lottery ticket was actually this program by USC, by the University Southern uh, University of uh, Southern California. Uh, I actually lived only like 20 minutes away walking distance. And uh, what they were doing is they were picking urban schools um, uh, to do this program where you would have a Saturday class. You, so you would have an extra day of school. You go every Saturday mornings. And then when you start high school, this was around middle school. So when you would start high school, you would go in the morning to do your regular uh, English and math class. Take the classes there at USC. Then they would bus you back to your home school. So my home high school. And you would take the rest of your regular classes there. And... Um, the idea was that if uh, throughout all throughout high school, as you're in the program, you need to graduate with a 3.7 GPA or above. And you would have to get a, uh, I think it was about a 1650 on the SAT to get that full ride scholarship to USC. So that was that was one of many lottery tickets that were presented. Um, getting a full year ride scholarship to USC paid for. I mean, now that was a dream at the time. You know, so you wouldn't have to hassle your parents about paying for college, especially those our hardworking parents who, you know, <clears throat> for those that had both hardworking parents who would hardly that were hardly around, um, worked a lot and they had to really bust their asses just to uh, make ends meet and put food on the table and take the kids to Disneyland or what have you. Um, college was a hard thing. You know, but the program there was really good. Um, the program actually set up parents for success as well as as far as letting them know in advance what they would need, what would it take for the kid to go to college should they not be accepted for the full ride scholarship and what that what does the financials look like for that. And um, so it was a good program. I'm really thankful for that program, even though I didn't get the full ride scholarship. I actually did have a 3.7 GPA, but I scored very poorly on the SAT. Um, I mean, I was your average student, so. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I didn't get a chance to go to USC, um, but they made us apply to all all colleges possible. I mean, I applied to a, a lot of call states um, and a bunch of UCs, um, and uh, I remember applying to UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC Davis, <coughs> and UC Ir- Irvine. And the two that accepted me were UC Davis and Irvine. The other two that rejected me were UCLA and Berkeley, so... I had no idea what the, where the schools were at at first. I was thinking, you know what, I'll just stick to a Cal State, either Cal State LA or Cal State Dominguez Hills. It's just right right here around the corner. I'm I'm nearby. I don't have to move anywhere. I can still live with my mom and all this stuff. But, you know, a good friend of mine actually was uh, accepted to UC Irvine as well from high school. And he, like, told me, listen, me and two other guys that were accepted to the, high, to the, to the college, too, we're going to... You know, head on down over there, check it out, see how see how it looks, what's what's it all about, and um, you should come with us. So, you know, I went with them, checked out the school. Man, the school was massive. It was huge, you know. As a high school kid, I'm thinking, holy crap, dude. This In the city, man, you stepped out and the air was fresh. It was good air. It wasn't that no small L.A. air, you know. So uh, it was good. I mean, I, I liked it. I fell in love with it, and I said, you know what, this is it. This is the school. And it wasn't that far. I mean, it was about an hour drive or so. Um, but I, I liked it. I wanted to go to this college. It was good. So, um, ended up going to UCI and, uh, there was a time where I, 
I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. I wasn't sure if I was going to turn into a college dropout just because <clears throat> you think you're prepared to go to college, but you're really not just based on the demands that you need in college, especially all the courses you need to take, the classes. Um, you know, high school doesn't prepare you how to be responsible when you become an independent adult in college. You know, in college, when I came in as a freshman, you you have everything's on your own. You have to time your own um, study time, make make room for your study time, make room for the classes, schedule out work, um, and learn how not to fall to temptation. Temptation, like you know, um, all the party stuff, partying with friends, getting to know people as a guy, getting to get as many girls as you want or get with. You know, getting distracted with all that mess and 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 the, and the drinking and the smoking, all that stuff. You know, so you, it's it really you come in with no preparation on how to be disciplined, and that's I I believe it's one of the biggest things. How to be how to be disciplined, how to be consistent. It's something that I didn't have as a freshman. <clears throat> so it was a uh, it was a tough journey. It was definitely a, a tough thing for me in college, and one of the reasons why I had to take, take a year off going into my sophomore year now this is around 20 let's see 2010 yeah i started college in 2010 so around my 2012 year i was yeah i was out i was like i was failing miserably i was i said i wanted to be a mechanical engineer and i came into college as uh undecided undeclared and i started taking all the math classes science classes and the things that were kicking my butt were the physics classes because I didn't touch, I didn't study physics in high school. I wasn't prepared for it. You know, I was an average math student and I was, I was good at math. I like math. I like the numbers. Um, so I was, I was a fast learner. But when it came to physics, when it came to chemistry and all the other stuff that I had to pass, it was ridiculous. I was not passing whatsoever, and I was very stubborn. I wasn't getting any help, any tutoring, or anything like that. So I was failing. I was failing a lot. And so I, I got, I, I mean, my GPA was like a 1.5. And then if you get anything like that or below, I mean, they kick you out of the school. But luckily, I don't know. I, I think I, I always thought God was on my side and watching over me um, because the director of the undecided undeclared office had told me, you know what? Here's what you can do. You can withdraw from the school. Um, it'll show on your on your record that you were drawing, but you have the chance to come back. You know, you, you're still eligible to come back. And so <clears throat> that's what I did. I decided, you know what? I'm going to withdraw. If I have a chance to come back, I'll come back. I'll take a year off. I'll go back home, live with my mom, start work, maybe take some classes at a community college and then go back. Maybe get all the electives out of the way and, you know, come back. Um, so I did that for about a year. You know, I didn't find no work. <laughs> for some reason, it was hard for me to find some work. And uh, I was able to take some college courses at a community college before I went back to uh, to UCI. But some of the courses didn't even transfer over, so it was kind of a waste of time anyways. Waste of time and waste of money. So I go back to UCI and um, I, I, I get reinstated. Uh, my friend from high school, who also was accepted to UCI, he had to withdraw as well. But... We both came back at the same time. We got together, got our place, and then just continue on. So I continued the rest of my my schooling at UCI from 2023 all the way to 2015. So my I was still trying to do engineering. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. The whole point of doing mechanical engineering is because that's where the money was at. 
when I graduated high school, they, people would say, if you do mechanical engineering, you start off making $60,000 a year already off the back. And that was a lot of money for me. I was like, shit, $60,000 a year after I graduate as a, what, 20-year-old kid, 21-year-old kid? <laughs> so then <clears throat> that's what I wanted to go for. But I was not qualified, nor ready, nor prepared to take all the courses that I needed to become a mechanical engineer. So that went out the door. And so I'm like, shoot, all right, well, what the hell is next? I did, t- I did take a Chicano Latino studies class in the summer, and that's what really kickstart things for me. I got really interested in, in it. I love learning about my history, about my, uh, my family's history, heritage, communities. I mean, all everything, history about our people, um, the Latin community, um, how we ended up here, um, the political conflicts, all that stuff. So it really interested me. So that's what I majored in. That's what I graduated with. So I have a degree, a BA degree in Chicano Latino studies. And what am I doing with it now? Nothing. <laughs> I did not <laughs> I did not do anything. I did not take any internships. I didn't go into social policy. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. What happened was I was working at UCI and I started off as a bus driver, shuttle driver, shuttle shuttle driving all the uh college kids from campus to their dorms back and forth. As a nineteen year old kid, I got my class B commercial license, so I was able to drive shuttles, about thirty foot, forty foot buses. Then from there, I just moved up to supervisor and lead supervisor post-college. That's when I graduated, so they gave me a contract to stay. But while I was doing that, I actually got um, interested in fitness. I was already working out. I was, I mean, I have a soccer background. I played soccer in high school and outside of high school. Played in a couple Sunday leagues in the um, in South LA and everything. But uh, I definitely got interested in fitness and bodybuilding because I used to have a great buddy of mine back in the day who I grew up with also. We used to uh, go to the gym at 24-Hour Fitness, and uh, we used to hit the gym and watch bodybuilding videos, and Arnold, and Franco Colombo, Tom Platts, Lee Haney. I mean, all I mean, Dorian Yates. We used to we were in love with the bodybuilding and the bodybuilding mindset, and that's kind of where um, some of my mindset kind of started to develop, just understanding how to be committed, how to be consistent, um, how to have discipline. So anyway, so I got into that. So while I, when I graduated, I started looking into uh, fitness training. Not because I wanted to, but because it just kind of fell in my lap. I didn't want to stay working at UCI for so long because I just thought it was just a campus job. And I didn't want to keep a campus job for long. So when I looked into the certifications for fitness training, you know, applied for it, paid for it, studied, got my certification on my first try. So as soon as I got that certification, I started applying to all gyms. And lo and behold, <clears throat> lo and behold, I got hired at 24-Hour Fitness, and that's where my fitness journey started as far as a fitness trainer. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, sales was not my strong suit because there was a lot of sales uh, skills that you needed. And I was—I thought I was going to be just, I was ready to quit. I was ready to leave. I was ready to be, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, although I love working out and training uh, myself, like I don't know if I have if I have what it takes to train other people. I don't know if I have what it takes to sell people on training and big packages and have them drop some big money. But at the end of the day, I was I was committed. I I had to find ways to improve myself, improve my sales skills, and I started reading books on on selling. I was looking on on YouTube how to sell training. Um, I was looking on YouTube and Google and doing a lot of research on furthering my my skills and my knowledge on 
on fitness training, on biomechanics, kinesiology, all that stuff. And I got better and I got better at the at the at the language of training. I got better at understanding body movements and com- being creative with the exercises, how to regress exercises, and how to progress clients and all this other stuff and how to get clients and how to improve my sales skills abilities. So all that just through just committing myself to trying to better myself and get better at this at this uh, at this craft. And, and, and it's been working out for me ever since. I've been doing it for seven plus years. I've been doing very well currently train at two private gyms i have a big portfolio of clients so far that have stuck with me for many years and i continue to get new clients every now and then and um i'm at a place where you know i'm definitely a a professional at this point um so i'm really grateful for that that i I didn't give up and that um, i managed to stay stay in the fight so um yeah so that's where uh my journey began as far as uh uh, training, but still, I had no understanding of like um, what financial success looked like, um, and so then, uh, but I did know what a high-paying job looked like because after I was training at twenty-four, I was getting paid more than twenty dollars an hour. If I wanted to quit, there was no other job that's going to give me twenty dollars an hour. So, and this is around like two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. So, um. Now my next step was like, well, how can I make more money? Because it's just enough to support myself living out here in Orange County, living out in Irvine. But I still need more. I still need more to, you know, get my mom out, get my brother out, help my brother out maybe in his endeavors and what he wants to do. You know, so uh, I started looking for more, started looking to see what else was out there. And um, I had to develop a lot of skills. And, you know, as as you're as you're looking, as you start to figure out what it is you're trying to do you know me personally and this is my my, my opinion only because you know I'm, i come from a uh, my beliefs are faith-based um you know god will start opening doors for you and that's what actually started happening to me um as i started my journey with training and i was getting better and booking more clients and getting more hours and making more money and i was thinking of well i could move on from this um many doors starting to open up and you know people start to notice the different things about you so i was approached um not you know after not to, not not too uh long into the training that i was doing um maybe like i was a year in and then i was approached by um by someone um that apparently was a trainer too also at 24 fitness but anyways they were telling me about financial success and you know mentorship and how you know they got mentored by people that helped them build you know financial wealth and now they're basically retired at a young age and you know and and i bought it you know but i was skeptical at first because it did did sound it did sound a little bit too good to be true and and i was always you know careful with you know scams and whatnot but the dude was cool and so I met with him once, explained to me everything, and it did happen. It did it did turn out to be some um, MLM company. Now I won't say it because you know out of respect of the company, because I had nothing against the company itself. I have nothing against the people that helped me out with that as well. Um, I was in it for probably I want to say five years. Did I make anything? Yes and no. Did I did I got some people in myself? Yeah, I did. I, I managed to do it. Um, but the main thing is the re- reason why I don't want to. Uh, put them on blast either is because um 
you know, people are still out there. They believe that stuff. They believe into it and, and power, more power to them because people do become successful with that. I'm not going to knock it. People can become successful with that. People can become successful at anything because there's a, there's a market for everything. If you know how to market your stuff, you know how to market your skills, market your craft, market your creativity, you, you'll make it. You can definitely make it, uh, especially in this day and age that we have social media platforms to promote a bunch of shit, you know. So anyways, the company that I was uh, a part of, the MLM company, um, taught me a lot of skills, taught me a lot of skills, of, you know, on how to, how to be more confident from you know, myself, how to be, how to better myself, how to, um, you know, uh, how to sell and, and, and how to share my story with other people about the experience that has happened to me and whatnot. And so, um, that's why I'm, what's the, that's what I'm really grateful for. And that's what I took from it, you know? Um, I don't do it anymore. And, and again, it's not a bad thing either. There's some MLMs that are scams and there's some that are not. There's some that are actual legitimate businesses with legitimate products that you can sell without having to sponsor anyone or you can sponsor and sell and you make more money that way. That That's nothing wrong with that, you know, but it's just something that for me, it, it just uh, it wasn't coming. It wasn't coming together for me because in the back of my mind the entire time i always felt like there's just there's something more for me to do besides just this i don't think i see myself doing this forever for the rest of my life either now don't get me wrong i enjoyed the process i enjoyed the people that i got to know i, I enjoyed um going to the events and and learning a lot about businesses and different types of businesses and um, how to market yourself and how to market the products and and so many things and that actually you know it actually contributed to my skills being a trainer as far as the little subtle things you know I was reading so many books on personal development I was reading I was reading a lot of books on sales skills I was reading a lot of books on how to read people and how to, the psychology of that and and how to make people feel good you know make you know the most the most famous book. Um, how to win friends and influence people, such a big thing. Um, that was a, a a big factor in my life, and how it helped me how to, you know, uh, how exactly how to do that, how to you know, be relatable with people, how to talk to people, you know, how to make people feel good and have that confidence and and everything else. So, anyways, that's that's what happened um, uh, to me and. You know, I'm not with the, with the company anymore. I don't I don't do that stuff anymore. But I did take a lot from it, like I said, and I got a lot of skills from that, and it helped me kind of propel forward. So it's like, um, it definitely pushed me to another level to where I was able to get all the skills that I was missing to push myself in in a different category. In this case, uh, I'm, I'm you know I'm still fitness training. I mean, it's it's one of the things that it's one of those skills where you didn't think you had in you and maybe sometimes you're just like do I want to keep on doing this but but it's something that you're so good at that like for me it's just something that it's like second nature I don't I don't think about it anymore it's just easy to get a client of mine and progress them whether it's in squats whether it's in rehabilitation on a knee or hip where it's just it just comes natural to me it's something that I just can it won't leave me alone. It won't let me go, you know. So if I even if I take time from it, it's like I want to get back into it again. I want to help people again in their fitness. I want to see that progress. What excites me the more is the progress. I mean, whenever I take a client from a, a a bench press, their max bench press is a bar. Spend a month with them or two, 
and their max bench press now is a 45 plate on each side or a 45 and a 25 and to me that's the most exciting thing it's like it's like waiting it's like watching your your flowers to grow every day you water them and you feed them and give them sun and you watch them grow and it just gets exciting because you don't know what's going to come next and and you're anticipating what's going to come next because you're just excited for that growth and that's exactly what I feel with my clients when I when they lose weight when they gain muscle when they you know and when the performance is better everything so um so yeah I mean to me getting all the skills has really propelled me to the position that I am now and you know, the next step for me is just uh, diving into other ventures, you know. So, for instance, this podcast, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to start is because um, I don't see many podcasts being done um, that kind of uh, present a perspective on things from from a reality standpoint, you know. Um, there's so many things going on in social media that are fabricated. Obviously, we see a lot of stuff that's like, you know, what success looks like, what a successful relationship looks like, a successful marriage, what does that look like, um, and all this stuff. And and sometimes I always I always stop and think like, okay, well, how does that relate to me? You know, I'm a brown boy. I'm Latino. My mom is from Mexican. My dad is Salvadorian. Um, but. How does what they're doing, you know, their beliefs, their faith and all that stuff from from the background that they come from, how does that relate to me and my background from where I come from? It's kind of different, you know, because it's it's a different perspective. It's a different lifestyle that we both grew up in. You know, a lot of friends that I have that are that have, you know, privileges and were privileged and grew up privileged. Um, it's hard to relate with them sometimes because um, I don't come from that background. I don't come from a privileged background. You know, I, my mindset's a little different from theirs. And some of them may be the same as far as creating success and financial wealth and all that stuff. And But it's still it's still hard to relate that. So who, who are the ones that are out there that I can relate with that when I go through hardships, when I have to overcome some stuff while in my journey of trying to be successful, you know, who do I fall back on? And I don't see that much going on. Especially even with our stars, Hollywood stars, artists, influencers, you know, it's kind of tough when they're not when when they forget where they come from and you can't relate with them no more, you know, and that's one of the harder things to do anyways, as as you climb up the ladder of, of quote unquote success. How do you become relatable to the people again when you're no longer relatable to them because now you've landed yourself in a position where <clears throat> You've created a privileged life and a privileged life that you can give to your kids. So it's one of those things that I stopped and think about. And for the average person that's, that is successful, but it's not, you know, showcased on the screens, you know, on Instagram, it's just a quiet, living a quiet, successful life, you know, um, how, how can we learn from that? You know, so it's, uh, it's one of the things I think about, um, and I haven't really seen it been, been done, especially from someone within, you know, within our community, someone from that similar background, you kind of sharing their experiences, what they had to go through and how they can relate to other people who have had to go through about the same thing, same hardships, similar hardships, um, similar events, traumatic events, and how to overcome that, how to be better from that. You know, so um, like, for example, for me, I definitely strive to be a lot better than 
what my father was when when I was growing up. You know, my father wasn't the best father. He did what he could, you know, as far as working wise and trying to put food on our on our table and and give us everything that we we needed and and also wanted, you know. But you know, he had a he had a bad drinking problem. You know, uh, I come from a family that where domestic violence and verbal and emotional abuse was present, alcoholism was present, um, you know, some traumatic events, and and the stuff sticks with you and the stuff can mess with you because. Um, you start to think like, is this is it? Is this my world? And and no one else is going through it but me. So sometimes you fall into that victim mindset where it's like, whoa, it's me. It's just, you know, I'm never gonna get anywhere because, you know, because of where I'm come from, where I'm from. People are gonna look at me like, oh, you're from South LA, you're from that neighborhood. Like, oh, you know, it's like your expectations are not that high, you know. And, and that's how I used to feel. That's how I used to feel growing up. Is that I, when I would, I, whenever I would get to places like fancy places, you know, high end places, it's like you feel like people look at you different, you know, and you feel like you're not worthy of being there. Like man, it was tough for me being at UCI. You know how tough for me it was to be in UCI and, and going to college, going to college with all these kids who who the parents pay for their college. I mean, I was getting I was getting Cal grants and, and getting some financial aid. Luckily, my mom didn't have to pay any college money for me, but or any any um, any any college class out of pocket, you know, because I was getting financial aid. But I mean, you know, these other kids who are rich kids, who come from privileged lives, you know, different backgrounds. Even the Latino kids, some of the Latino kids I met are were like second, third generation already. Um, families were pretty well off, you know. Some of them didn't even spoke Spanish, and I was looking for my Spanish people because I spoke Spanish growing up, and I'm thinking, man, where's where where are my Latino people who speak Spanish? Some of these people are from like Orange County and don't speak Spanish. But anyways, it was uh, it was a tough time. I was like, man, do I really belong here? Can I make it here? It's probably one of the reasons why I was feeling so bad because I wasn't sure if I can make it here. I wasn't sure if I was worthy to be there, you know. And um, but it's a, it's a mindset that we have to fight, you know, especially for for our generation and, and for those that are still continuing to. Uh, grow up in those kind of environments, we have to fight that mindset because it gets implanted in us as we grow up, as we go to school. Because you, it's almost like living in a bubble for so long. Like I was living in, growing up in South LA all of my 18 years of life before I went to college. It was like, all that was that was all that there is. And and yeah, I ventured out every now and then when we would travel, like going to Disneyland or going up to, the, like the fanciest places to me was like the Beverly Hills area in North Hollywood area and the Ventura County areas because that's where my mom used to work. She would go and work for these houses and I used to see these big, nice houses that she worked for as a house cleaner. And man, all the nice stuff they had and, and the neighborhoods were so clean and quiet, you know, and that I guess that's where it started for me to kind of start thinking like, well, how can I get that? You know, and why can't I have that? You know, um, but am I worthy of that? That's kind of like the it was it was such a battle of mine. It was it was a big battle in the mind for me of like wanting to have what I see, but then believing into what I have is all that there is currently, you know, um, if that make any sense. So uh, it was a tough thing for me that I had to overcome. And it's one of the toughest things you have to overcome when it comes to the mind stuff. So you have to really, really push yourself to. Uh, really understand that what you want you can get and you just have to believe that you can have it you have to be believe that you're worthy of it 
no matter where you come from, no matter what background, no matter how you speak, no matter, uh, you know, who your parents are or, or what have you or what school you went to. Like, that doesn't matter. You show up, you, 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 you build your craft, you build your confidence that that, you know, you you're able to attain what whatever it is that you want to attain. And you need to have the confidence in you to be able to be worthy of what you want. And that's, that's one of the things that was missing for me. But anyways, enough of the tangent. Um, next step for me now is to present you guys with this podcast. Um, I will be releasing episodes maybe once a week, maybe once every other week. Um, just depending on my schedule right now. I'm just uh, got very busy with life. I uh, have a situation going on right now. I'm trying to help my mom move out to Orange County where I'm at closer. Um, I have my my three-month-old son. Uh, trying to help my my girlfriend with that, and then I've had a lot of clients I have to look after and train. So it's kind of, it's it's a very tight schedule for me. So I'm definitely going to try to make time and room uh, to make this podcast happen. But I hope for those that were listening, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for 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 sticking around, and um, stay tuned for some more episodes to come. Cheers, guys.